Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the I'm Tired podcast. I'm your host, Grace Valentine. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, podcast host, but most importantly, I'm a friend. I'm so excited today to have someone who I consider my friend on the podcast. His name is Luke Beamer, and he writes for his own blog called Unlabeled. And Unlabeled Word or is it Unlabeled, Luke? Did I say it right? It's it's just unlabeled. Technically, the handle is unlabeled world now. It kind of kind of changes. Yeah, bit, it's yeah, exciting but. changes though. Um, and the cool thing about Luke is that yes, he's a writer. Yes, he's a friend, but he's also a current college student. And I know I'll have either students who are listening who are about to be in college or a lot of college students out there. So I hear a lot of times through my DMs, especially girls or guys being like, it is so hard. I'm so overwhelmed. And especially amidst Corona and that summer plans are prepared for like internships and everything, there's a lot of pressure. And so Luke, I would love for you to say like, do you feel like there's a lot of pressure for college students right now? Yeah, no, Grace, thank you so much for having me. I, um, the, the pressure is real for college students right now, especially I think, uh, just with dealing with COVID and dealing with the, the transition of like kind of an online platform versus like a in-person platform. And I think it's brought out a lot of sides to like learning that um, not all of us are like gifted with and stuff. And so I think uh, the transition time of like also then figuring out and finding an internship and finding what we're going to do summer plans and summer jobs and um, figuring out how many stimulus checks are coming towards us. <laughs> and, um, Cause college students didn't make. require like y'all didn't, or do y'all get stimulus checks since you're in college or not independent? Well, it depends because some of us would get double counted, I think, if we are filing our own taxes and so our parents would get one and then we would also get one. But if yeah. we, we would naturally still just get one with our parents. So like, you know, yeah. I, I have friends who are like struggling with money, like trying to figure out what they're what they can do, like with their summer plans because they need to cover their butt for college. And so I like it's definitely a super, super stressful time, I would say. I, I wouldn't say that yeah. for me, but I definitely agree for like the general, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right about the whole online learning formats, like everything changed. And like, even though we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID, like we see vaccinations, we see that like, it's kind of things are opening up, things are getting back to normal. It's still like now you feel like you're far behind almost. And so I, in general, I think of college and I'm like, I was so distracted from God so many times. And I can only imagine in the midst of a pandemic and all the pressures y'all are facing, like, and all the wonder, am I getting a stimulus check? Whatever it is. Like, would you say it's easy to get distracted from God in college, especially, and just like your faith to kind of struggle versus who you were in high school? Yeah, I would say, I would say yes and no. Uh, not that I'm trying to avoid the question. I would say uh, yes in the way of, college is all about this preparation process for you to get up to this moment of your senior year and, and jump off and start doing life. And I think uh, sometimes we can get so distracted with everything that goes into prepping for this one moment, you know, all of the money that goes into your four years, all of the thinking about, you know, what am I going to do with my career? What am I going to do with my life? What am I going to be involved in an extracurriculars? Uh, relationships, you know, like, am I going to find the person like I'm going to marry here? Like, do I have time to date people and stuff? And so I think there is a plethora of distractions that exist in the forefront, but also I would say no, because in the end, like, not that you're your own master, but like, it's, it's your time and it's your choice, how you use it. And 
the distractions you face are not an implication of like your environment, but they're actually just an implication of, you know, how you set yourself up in the discipline you have to like how you pursue each of the things that you value and desire most with your life, which is what I think. Yeah. I kind of like what you said there because it's not that it's easier in college to get distracted from God. I think any change you go through, like any, when you go from only knowing life at your home church in high school or just like in your, around your family or having the controlled environment in high school where people are watching you, there's accountability more. And then you go to college and now no one cares what you do on the weekend and you have all this freedom. Like, it's not like it's easier because there's plenty of people who in high school struggle to see God and feel him because for some people that's harder in that setting, but it's just your life's changing and it's different and it's not what you expect. And even in the midst of a pandemic, some people, for instance, some people sounds, this is so unrelated for, I, at the beginning of the pandemic worked out a lot because I had a lot of time. I was going on runs all the time. And then slowly I got lazier and I started embracing the couch potato Netflix binging pandemic part. And then I wasn't as healthy. And so it's kind of like you can take one same experience and look at it in two different ways. And when I was working out, that was great. When I wasn't working out, that was that. I could blame the pandemic for both. I could say the pandemic was the reason I got in shape. The pandemic was the reason I gained weight. Like I could say both. But at the end of the day, it was just because I was in control and I decided I was going to handle that time. And so, yeah, I like what you said as in it's not necessarily like uh, harder, I feel like is how you were leaning towards, but you do have to control it yourself. You have to decide what's important to me because there are other variables you're thinking of. You're thinking about the future. It's not suddenly this weird construct of one day. Yeah. And I, and I think that, uh, if we always make ourselves victims of the things around us, there is definitely circumstances that like we are, we are victims of things and um, they are difficult, but if we always make our life, like I am a victim of the commitments I choose and the things that I want to value, uh, then like we aren't truly pursuing things because we value them. Um, and I think that, uh, life will only get harder and harder. There only is going to be more opportunities and more options. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're called to meet that with more, more discipline and more, uh, um, I don't know. We have to find the satisfaction and the joy that is woven around those things in the midst of the things we have to do. And so it, it is definitely a distraction, but it, it also, I think it's super manageable. So yeah. And I like that. And I look at my college experience and I feel like you're living completely different than my college experience, which is an affirmation for you. That's great. <laughs> I think I went in and I, I never planned to not I never planned. No one plans to be distracted from God. No one plans to be like, man, in college, I really plan to not go to church, to not do this, to not have my faith. It just slowly became little choices that accumulated to that. And so it became like, oh, well, I have this this weekend and I'm going to be out late Saturday at this birthday dinner. So like, I want to sleep in for church or I don't want to join a life group. Those people are weird. Like I thought that plenty of times. I hope none of the people who are listening who I thought were weird. That was my sin. I'll admit it. And slowly it became a couple choices of, oh, I want to be in this friend group because they're more fun and they're cooler. And suddenly all the little choices added up to being distracted from God. It didn't start with me saying, no, God, like, I don't want you, but it started with me saying, I don't want these things that lead to you. And suddenly I was like, How, why do I not feel God? Like, why can't I hear him? Why is being a Christian so hard in college? And it's because every environment I created was not helping me. And so I remember when I went to Alabama, 
I laughed because I had spoken at Stanford, which was so fun. And then I went straight to Alabama, which is like SEC. Like, I think you would immediately say that it's easier to probably get distracted at. And that's not true. It's no one easier college experience. But like, I mean, Alabama was different. I had a girl be like, how do I stop drinking? And how do I get out of the scene? And I, in that moment was like, I, I even told her, I was like, I first used to like make excuses that weren't Christian, which isn't the right thing to do. You should be able to be firm in your faith. But I was like, I don't like it. I had to create a whole new environment though. I had to start searching for different people. I had to start creating little things that that became my discipline, as you said earlier, of what I was doing. And so that's the hardest. So if there's anyone listening who you think is like a sophomore or junior, and they've already created an environment where they're distracted from God, what tips do you, do you have any tips for them? About and I'm throwing this question out of nowhere, but I just feel like you. No, I, I think it's a, a, such a good question, and I think you know, regardless of class, like we, you know, college uh, is made to be about you. It's this consumeristic approach of like, hey, like, you know, you are paying to have this experience in this life and this opportunity, and if you see it as just you're always consuming and never taking a look back to see what your life is producing, like you'll never be made aware of like, wow, like I have awful friends that don't truly like value me and lead me to place. I am like not truly doing what makes me happy or what I love. And so what I would say to the people who who look at their life right now and feel that kind of tension within it, they're like, I'm like not happy and in, in doing what I'm doing and I want life to be better, um, but I don't know how to get there. I think that my first question would be, um, and my first answer to that is, well, like, how much time have you spent with the Lord? Mm. You know, like, we are so quick to say, like, I need to change my behavior and my circumstances before we look and see, like, well, like, where are you looking for a life that you haven't found life in the Father? You know, we were made for intimate relationships with God to fulfill all of the needs because the first relationship was God and humanity, not man and, and woman or, or humanity and humanity, you know? And so my encouragement to you is to, number one, go to the Lord, because he truly has what you need and supplies life and life to the fullest when you believe that you're found in him. But number two, who do you have an older figure or a mentor in your life who is someone that grounds you in that truth and grounds you where you are um, and sharpens you? And so if you don't have someone like that in your life, then you don't truly have somebody to go to in that way, whether that's a peer or an older person. You don't truly have someone who can take a look at your life as a whole and from the outside and be able to say like, hey, like, you know, this is what I think and this is the truth and this is who you are and, and, and reminding you. And so I would say, don't look at it as something like, I have to change everything all at mm. once because that's not the way it works. Because truly, if you don't look to to see like a heart change within you, your behavior will never want to follow suit because, you know, regardless of how hard you want to get it right, you will still get it wrong in some ways. And when you pursue the heart before the behavior, you will find an ability to like make that transition easier and slowly, you know, wean yourself. And also in the end, saying no isn't always popular and and that sucks. And, and bur- sometimes you have to burn bridges to pursue life because it's better for you in that way. And so... I don't know. I kind of just like gave a plethora of things, no. but I don't know how that answers the question. I 100% it did. I like what you said about how it's not just 
I think it's easy to think of like a thou shalt not drink alcohol underage. Thou shalt not go to the party. Thou shalt not. And granted, you should be working on those things, but those should be a reflection of your inward faith. Like it, it's yeah. going to be easy. It's hard to say no already, no matter what, whether you believe in Jesus or not. It's hard to say no when people are like, just take a, like you haven't been fun in forever. Like take a couple shots. I remember like when I was doing good, I wasn't drinking alcohol, wasn't partying. I went out to drive someone, but people were like, Grace, we missed the old you. And suddenly like, ah, here I was, you know? And it's like, like back at it again. <laughs> um, but I would like what you said as in, okay, check your heart, check your foundation. Like if you aren't making those heart chains, if God isn't someone you personally know, it's going to be hard to stick up for him in your actions. It's going to be hard to make that choice until he becomes a friend and someone that you care for almost. And I think Justin Bieber once said this, like, it's like, it's not like you have to, it's that you get to at that point. Um, so let me quote Justin Bieber, not his song. Oh. Uh, but something about how it's a relationship, it's a real relationship. And so you want to, just like you don't want to cheat on your girlfriend, you don't want to disappoint God. Like you don't want to go against that because you have this bond, like you have this. And so have you prayed to God? And there's easy ways to start. I always say in college, I got to the point where like, when I was like, I need to start praying and I feel like I'm not doing it often. Like, yes, I hope everyone does a quiet time. But if you, if that intimidates you as of now to open the Bible, like start with just praying to God in a car. Don't listen to music. Don't listen to anything. Talk to God every time you get in the car and just make that a prayer time because no one will think you're insane if you start talking to yourself then. But no, I yeah. like that. That's good. Okay. So Luke, you're getting ready for summer and a lot of college kids are. Does summer make people feel lonelier, you think? Like a college student wise, or do you think it makes people feel more at peace because they finally get the rest? I think it depends where you are. I remember my freshman year, I was super, I was very lonely thinking about leaving because I just made this, like, I just had this new experience. I was out of the house. Like I had all these friends and I was, I remember like being super upset thinking about leaving because I, I didn't want to leave my friends and I didn't want to leave like this place that, that I felt so known at. And, um, but also like my next three years, like they, and and honestly that summer too, when I started working at Camp Ridgecrest, like uh, it was one of peace and joy, you know, like, and all, and all of the summers I've had, and I'm confident that this one will be too of, of one of peace and joy. And I think that's because um, we, we can look at ourselves and the, I wrote this piece called high schools, high school. I was Ghost just about, about to mention it. I was, yeah, really, yeah. it's one of my favorite pieces you've, you've written. Okay. Keep going now. I just want to shout but, out but, one of my favorite. I appreciate it. Uh, but that piece is about uh, this, this thing I have, I've experienced and struggling to go home uh, because of remembering the old version of myself and uh, how hard it was like, and feeling just not known necessarily by my family. And it's not that they didn't love me. I have a great home environment, but it's that like, like I felt lonely. I didn't have the friends I was doing life with, um, you know, like old relationships were sitting there. Like it's difficult battling, you know, pornography and lust and, and all of these things are waiting for you when you get there and those pressures are sitting for you at home and they almost greet you at the door is what it feels like. And that feels super isolating and intimidating and lonely. But in the end, you know, if you believe that Jesus has changed your life and come into your heart and your life is now a response. It doesn't matter where you go because his spirit is within you. Uh, and, and I would challenge you not to see as a, a place as the, how you will be as a product, like what you will be, but like 
are you owning who you are and the changes that have come into your life and are walking into the situations confident that just as God has met you, you know, where you are and that you've had people in your life meet you where you are, that, that those same people will be there and that same God will be there regardless of outcome because you're so confident um, in those changes that have come. And I think that is a, a very, a very easy thing to say and a very hard thing to do. And so I wouldn't say hear that and be like, Oh, like that's, I'll figure it out. But I think the, the loneliness piece, like regardless, you're always going to feel lonely in a way, regardless, you're always at points going to find that peace and joy, but it's finding the consistency and enjoyment of like, Hey, like this is just a season. This is just a time. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't change, you know, who I am and what I'm about and my purpose and what I'm living for. And, and so I think we have to move past like the circumstances of like what is in a a season and like move into like who we are and the continued purpose and life that like we have been given in Jesus. Hey guys, I want to tell you about something really cool, a great treat that I just discovered called Dibble Cookie Dough Bars. And so if you're anything like me, you grew up trying to always eat the cookie dough and your mom slapping it out of your hand saying, you can't eat it, it's raw. So these Dibble Cookie Dough Bars are just amazing because they are all natural and it's a great treat and there's no raw ingredients in it so you know it's healthy it's good for you it won't kill you whatever your mama used to tell you if you were like me and so go to dibbledo.com now and go check it out it's a great gift you can give a friend who's having a hard time going through a breakup because everyone wants to eat cookie dough when they're in their fields or if they're having a great reason to celebrate so go get some now they're the greatest bars i love the chocolate chip they have other flavors too and they're so delicious i promise no, that's good. And I, I especially resonate with what you said about going back to your like h- high school hometown or, and then it's like all these, you remember all these, like, whether it's these temptations you've struggled with, you remember like the insecurity, like sometimes I'll, if I, when I would go home from college to like my bedroom, I was like, man, I, this place is, I remember sitting here crying about plenty of things, like going through like so many emotions. Like I feel like it's like the Miranda Lambert, the house that built me, but I'm like, this is the house that like, I'm trying to run away from like, because I just remember so many bad moments. And I was, I met like this two friends. I still talk to you from high school occasionally, but I did not have a, like on the outside, maybe I look like I had a lot of friends, but I was very like, there were some mean girls, like typical girls listening to this can relate. People who just did not have my back. They were not my people. And so I even would get nervous, like go to like a store and run into someone that I just didn't want to go because I lived in the suburbs near New Orleans. It was just like, or even running into an ex-boyfriend and like, <laughs> or someone who was knew him. Like it was, it was just always like a fear of mine. But then I think looking back at what you said, I never had that perspective of being like, okay, this isn't like, I have a God who's like made me new, who like, that is not who I am. He's walking with me daily. I, I may, and you may feel lonely. Like you may not have many people you can hang out with, but you are not alone. You know, and that's so important Mm, to remember that like you may be in a season that is more lonely. This summer, you may be back in your hometown, have no one to talk to or no one you want to talk to. But you are still not alone because you have a savior in front of you and you have people a FaceTime away. And how lucky are we to have friends that we miss? If you're going, if you have great college friends, what a blessing it is to have people that you miss. Like that's just a sign that you've been loved well, that God has given you great people, that there are people out there who are your cheerleaders. But also when I was back in my hometown, like there was one friend who I am close with still. And we wouldn't reach out to each other for the first two years of going back. And I think we like occasionally texted. And finally, I think it was mainly 
like after she went through something and I went through something, we reconnected and we're like, why didn't we talk for the past like three years? Like, why didn't we do this? And especially now my parents don't live in that hometown, but I'm like, it would have been more fun to have that. So don't be afraid to talk to that old person, like FaceTime someone, text them and reconnect in a great way. Like you don't need that, but I think it's cool how if God's placed you there, like there's a reason and don't be afraid to talk to the person you didn't expect to talk to again. The person that you were like, okay, later everyone in high school, I'll never see you again. Um, not saying you have to go to your high school, like the bar in your hometown that one people go to and you don't have to go around there and talk to everyone from your graduating class, but just pray about it. Like think of who God can put in your heart and remember that like you may be lonely, but you're not alone because of God. But yeah, I remember summer, like you said, there were some summers I felt so great and peaceful, but even for those working at camp, even though I loved working at camp, like it was so much fun. And me and Luke worked at the same camp, just different years because I'm so much older and wiser, but it's easy to feel also lonely if you feel like you're battling with not being your true self. And so me and my camp friends, we loved camp. And I remember... I remember a girl being like, when we were underage, and I hope Crestridge doesn't matter if you like this, but we were underage and this girl's like, I just, oh, I'm sorry guys. I had the stereotype that y'all were the girls who like were at college, like drinking and then like working your summers. And then we're like, I can't believe you thought that. And then she laughed like, that is us. Like, you know, like not in like a bad, <laughs> like, way. like it's as much as she was like, I had a stereotype, I'm like, ah, stereotype is pretty accurate. Like, um, And so then I was like, I can't be my true self at this place. Like, I can't like say the struggles I faced this year or the mistakes I've made. And therefore I felt like I couldn't have the breakthrough that I always was on the verge of because there are people I could be honest with at the place, but I didn't feel like I could always be my true self because I was so scared someone's going to judge me. And so if anyone's working at a summer camp, I would encourage you that like, those are lies that you're holding on to. Like, will people, people in life, like you'll meet some people who will judge you. That's just life. Some Christians will judge you. Some other people judge you, but there's nothing more lonely than lying. And so let truth set you free. And even something that's good can feel lonely if you're not seeking Christ fully and truth in it. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way about camp, but that's just to all the camp people work in the summer. Cause I'm sure I have a lot of people who listen to my podcast who are working at some camp. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And you're, to cap it off your summer mm-hmm. is what you make it and remember that. Oh, that's good. No, so true. And anything. Yeah. Okay. So college students also often during summer get stressed and think they need an internship or have to start preparing for the future. And I, I remember hearing that pressure from my mom, my dad, like everyone, my, my counselor, whoever it was. And what advice do you have for this, for all the college students who are stressed right now about trying to find the perfect internship, thinking if they don't get it, that they won't get their dream job or something even close? Yeah. It's really hard um, because there is a balance of like being faithful steward of like what your parents are providing and, and, you know, valuing like your education and what you're doing and making a step towards uh, your career and who you want to be and what you want to do with your life. Uh, and I guess my question to frame whatever decision you choose to make about your summer is, um, does your decision pursue four years of preparedness or is it four years of purpose? Mm, that's and good. I think that the the challenge in that is that obviously number one, you need to cover like what you have to do financially. Like you need to be smart because you want to be at school. Like that's your number one priority. And so you need to take care of what it takes for you to be at school because that's more important than what you do with your summer job. Number two, I would say your next, next decision, if, if you've covered your butt and, and caring for 
um, your financials and your family in a way that you're not going to burn bridges by in a way of doing what you're going to do. Like be real and choose what you want to do. It's kind of that, like what we just said, like the, you make what you summer, what you want to be choose to do something that whether it is in your career or whether it is, you know, not what it's doing, you know, doing summer camp, choose something that's going to push you forward as a person. Mm. And it's something that like you're most passionate about and you're most excited to do because you only get four summers and these four summers are different than any other summer you will have in your life because you have this, this lull of time to choose what you want to do for three months. And an internship is surely beneficial. And uh, I, I'm not going back to camp this year to work an internship to graduate because I need to. Mm-hmm. But I also chose to work three years of camp before it because that's what I was passionate about. Like I chose to go to camp my first year because I was avoiding home and years two and three, because I desired to go to some place and make a difference because I'm passionate about seeing people be impacted through adventure and discipleship. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about going and uh, doing that, then then go and do that. If you're passionate about going and working in an internship as I don't know, an accountant or, you know, doing marketing somewhere, go do that. If you want to go be a garbage man at your church, like do it and do it for the glory of God. Because frankly, it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter all of that. What it matters is what you and what you're passionate about and what ultimately will bring God the most glory in what you do. And so be careful in those conversations with your parents about that. Don't be, it's my way or the highway, because that's not the way it works. But I'd encourage you to own what you have and not put other people's expectations on you in a way that it limits your ability to express who you are and who you want to be. I love what you said because you bring a great perspective because you have that internship. And like part of you probably is like, one more year of camp sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah, facts. But and I know they've probably been begging you to come back. But at the same time, if you feel called to something, like take those steps that will help lead you there. You know, it's not gonna happen overnight. And I would encourage, I think summer internship is like this weird pressure where we don't also talk about like, what are you doing during the year to help prepare you for that same dream job? You know, like what are are you doing something? Are you shadowing? Like say you want to be a doctor, like there's hospitals in your college town. Are you asking if you can shadow during the year? Or are you just spending your summer asking? Because yeah, you have more time in the summer. You have three months, two months and a half to focus on that. But what... I remember in high school, my parents, like I wanted to work at summer camp before I went like as a junior counselor to college my freshman year. And so in high school, I was a waitress for years, saving up money because that would be a summer where I would make a lot of money and I could use that for books, which I had to pay for a lot of that stuff for me. And so when I knew I wanted to be a camp counselor that summer, I took on more shifts so that I could save up money because being a camp counselor as a junior counselor was not going to pay me much as much as something else. And I knew I needed the money, but I was like, okay, what am I doing this year to help prepare me for what I feel called to this summer? And so you should always seek the internship work, study your butt off, like look, apply for the crazy things, but also look at what you're doing now that summer isn't this mystical thing that will make life better. I think we have this as much as you said, we as consumerism of the way we look at our college experience, we analyze spring break and summer. Like, what are our plans? It's almost like the New Year's Eve of college. Like, I have to be yeah. doing something really cool. People are going to ask me, what are you doing this summer? And just take yep. steps that get you closer. It may be being a waitress all summer, but if you're, like you said, if you're doing that for the glory of God and that's helping giving you the money to prepare for your school year, that's great. If it's being a camp counselor and you have no idea how you're going to look for a job next year, that's great too. But then when you, 
August comes, what can you do to also be preparing for your future for purpose? Like you said, I liked what you said about the, it's not four years of preparedness. It's four years of purpose. And God, if you're listening to the voice of God, which like that sounds a little intimidating, but if you're listening to God's calling and living an obedient life, like he's going to lead you exactly where you be and you can't mess it up no matter what you choose for the summer. Yeah. Okay. What's, what's been the hardest thing about college that you didn't expect? How hard it is to say no to opportunities for sure. Um, I'm, I'm like a person that hates, you know, letting people down. And I also like my pride loves to be like gratified when people think I'm talented enough to do something or that I'm enough of a leader to do something. And so it is so hard to can like say no to opportunities. And, mm. um, I think, you know, my freshman year, like I was playing soccer at Gardner Webb. I was, um, I chose to start doing young life, you know, and, and, and I just didn't know how to balance everything I wanted to do. I wanted to also like go to this event and go help at the church youth group and also, you know, go start leading worship and, um, I wanted to do all these things. And I didn't know how to say no to the, to good things because of wanting to do great things. Mm. And I think that is the most challenging thing. And one of not the biggest regrets I have about college, but of just, man, I wish I had said no to things earlier so that I could have done things with the same level of quality. I've done them this year. Mm. And if I, my sophomore year and junior year had been in that mindset of like, no, like I, I'm not going to take this commitment because I've already made this commitment over here, regardless of how I feel about it right now, I've made this commitment to do this and do it well. And I know that although this is a really good thing, it will help me a lot. This also is a good thing. It will help me a lot. And it is better to be a man of my word and to, to do that well and do it with excellence. And so it's hard to say no to things because we all want great resumes, but in the end, doing a lot of things doesn't mean, uh, doesn't mean anything if you can't do them well. Mm. Uh, no one cares that you have a huge list of things, but if you never did any of them with quality, it is so much more cool for you to be able to say, like, I did this for four years and I was a leader and I uh, saw lots of growth and I impacted a lot of people in one thing rather than saying, yeah, I like kind of like half led like four different things and stuff, you know? And so it's hard for me to say no. And um, I'm sure lots of people who are listening like feel that way too. Yeah, no, and that's good. And something I had to learn hard. I think I'm learning that better now and I'm still learning that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and you both. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give seniors now about college? I think minus the, the, the simple like, oh, make the most of your time. Like that's what we all say. You know, you learn very quickly that time is lacking quantity. And so make it, make it quality with what you mm-hmm. have left and with That's the relationships good. that you have. Um, I would say just kind of for the people who are now like already, you know, graduating, going to exams and about to move on to what's next. Uh, understand that whatever decision you choose to make and whatever you're weighing about where you're going to go, um, establish your step in confidence that God will be in either open door. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to like prayerfully consider about like where you're going and what you're doing with your life. Um, but don't just take your degree and say, all right, the next step is, this is what I have to do. And consider what you want to do with your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read a book, uh, called just do something by Kevin DeYoung, 10 out of 10 recommend it has changed my life. And it talks about discerning the will of God and how, uh, like 
our our opinion and our decisions are never bigger than you know God's omnipotency, meaning that meaning that He is so much bigger and like you said, like His plan is so much bigger than ours, and so we should make a step in confidence that He will be with us wherever we go, knowing that if if we're walking away from the will of God, that the Lord will redirect us back to it, and so. Um, don't waste this time like leaving college and being so focused on what you're going to do next that you forget to choose something that you want to do and what you like to mm-hmm. do, but also um, making the most of it in quality. And so, yeah. That's good. Okay. And last question before I have my final question. What are, and I'm going to change it from five to three. So pick your three best because I know I told you to prepare cool. five. Um, you can say five if you want to. I just I always tell people more and then I take it back so that they'll pick the cool. best ones. What are three things college has taught you that aren't related to school? This is sick because I'm doing a series right now writing about uh-huh. Oh, it's I a love that. Series. I did a four, it's a four-part series about it of just the things that I've learned in college and just trying to share that. And a piece is actually coming out today. Um, uh, but the first one was don't wish for more time. Just use it better. Mm. Um, don't don't have regrets about how you use your time. Like own up and learn from it and do it better next time and use it better starting now. Um, second one is it's not about you. Uh, your life and what you're doing, uh, it is not about you. Uh, how are, is your life a response to the gospel and are, who are you going and where are you going in hopes that other people would know the hope that you have? Uh, your life is not about you. And so invest it in things that do matter. Because if you just invested in yourself and your career and your success and your accolades, yeah, you may you may make a lot of money, you may do well, but uh, there will always be a point of emptiness that you will hit, and you will find that when you invest, that that emptiness doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Third one, don't wait uh, to make time for people you love. That's simple. Like, oh, that's good. Like, don't you have so many quality relationships within your circles of influence right now, and don't wait to spend time with them and truly like tell them how you feel about them and how much you love them. Uh, not because of this like dark thing of like, they may die or what, but it's just, they may be somewhere else doing something else and the influence you have on them mm-hmm. right now may not be what it would be in a year. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do five because do I have two, but uh, fourth one is life was made to live. Uh, it's the title of a song my, I wrote in my band 96 ish. And uh, it is about, how we take our whole lives preparing for something rather than there is a life we have to live and that we need to stop trying to save things up and uh, we need to start doing things. And lastly, uh, live in grace and not for it. You're never going to get it all the way right. Mm. And so live in response to the grace that you have been given and not in a performance aspect that you need the verdict upon your life. Jesus has already gone to the grave and come with freedom in his hand for you and I, and we get to live in response to that grace, not pursuing performance, but living in the verdict. And so, yeah. And I like that a lot, especially the living grace, because in college, you have to understand that. Well, I, I go back to the scripture of when Peter was walking on water and I use this one all the time, but then I've lately been reflecting of when he was seeking the first thing he said was Lord save me. And I think we need that humble heart where we're not afraid to realize that like, I have to say God's grace like needs to save me. Like I have to live in it. I have to realize that I'm not going to doggy paddle to the boat by myself. I'm not going to try to do it on my own. And in college, it's easy to think you have to earn everything. And so that was beautiful. Luke. Okay. 
Before I end this, I want you to also tell people where they can find you. And then I'll end with my last question. So are you on social media? Obviously, I know you are. But what's your Instagram handle? What's your website? Like whatever. Do you, is there anything you yeah. want to share with everyone? No, for sure. Um, uh, working on a project called Unlabeled. Uh, and our, my goal is to tell stories to tell God's story. And eventually, I would love... I've been releasing shirts and some merch next week. Nice. Uh, helping with some gospel conversations and uh we'll be partnering with mm designs and my billman and her fantastic i'm literally just about to uh interview her next so i don't know Which how is, the, the the table that maybe i'll interview her first or whatever 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 gets posted but that's perfect reflection on that that's great yeah but and you can it, find us at yeah. um i was gonna say us at, yeah unlabeled world uh, on instagram unlabeledworld.com uh, and then my handle is Luke underscore Beamer. Um, and feel free to follow us and keep up with us and connect with me. Love to hear from you. Yes. And what's your band called too? Uh, 96 ish. 90 six ish. We got a, yes. got a song coming out tonight. So yes. we're excited. So if you're listening to this, the song's probably already out. So go listen to it. It's not good. Yeah, to it's called memories. It's sick. Um, I'm very excited for it. Okay, now before I conclude this episode, I ask everyone this. Haha, it's my thing. Um, <laughs> what is because the podcast is called I'm Tired. So what is something that has given you life and energy these days? Something you're like, I'm not tired because this is making me so happy, excited. It can be something deep, it can be something like like I've said Candy Crush before, I've said Coca-Cola. So what is making Luke Beamer excited about life? I feel like the like, comical one would be like a cookout run in my minivan while listening to the new Justin Bieber I forget Bieber you drive album. a minivan. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's like, that's like my personality. If there's like one thing that's my thing, it's definitely like that I drive a minivan and like own it. That's um, if but, you go in The Bachelor, that has to be your entrance ever. Like, you know, oh, not like real. you're going on The Bachelor, but <laughs> I, I would asked die. My prom, I asked my prom, I asked my prom date to prom with my minivan and it said, my sign was my minivan seats eight, but it only needs you. Oh, that's um, cute. That's so sweet. But honestly, the the real thing that's giving me energy is my Young Life guys right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about to graduate high school and doing life with them is super fun. And um, making the most of time with them is sweet. And, you know, we're planning a summer trip with them for their graduation and my graduation. And so that's giving me the most energy right now, for sure. That's so cool. I always say be who you need when you're younger. And it it helps you align with that purpose that we talked about. Like when you're accountable for other people, like you want to be more accountable for yourself. And so that's really cool. So since everyone's dying to know what is giving me life and energy these days, I always ask myself, um, I have been running again. I stopped running for a while and I now have this new personal trainer. I'm actually really excited about it. And then also I've been, what's it called? Enjoying, I'm about to start a Bible study with my friend group. Um, and it's hard cause we're all older, like we're all 24 and like, what's really cool is one of my college friends moved to Orlando too. And I have my Orlando friends. And so she's joining too, but I think we all got to the point where we're like, okay, you're at the age where no one's like planning Bible studies for you. You're like, there's no young life for 25, four year old. Like you have to create it yourself. And so it came cause my friend Ashley was like, we sh- you should start this. And I'm like, I don't want to lead anything is what I said. I'm like, I'm tired <laughs> of leading stuff. But then honestly, I was like, I can, I'm not going to be the leader cause we're all old enough, but I can help rally the troops. And now we're all really excited. We're starting next week. And so that's something that's I'm really excited about. It's giving me life and energy. But Luke, thank you so much for coming on the I'm Tired podcast. I'm so glad. I hope everyone follows you and gets to read your stuff. Your stuff is so good. And I just love that you've done it in college and that you felt this calling and 
you just walk to that purpose that we talked about. So thank you for coming. Yeah, Grace, thank you. And your encouragement has pushed me to those things. So thank you so much for all you do.